This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. At 1-800-919-3776. Thanks for joining me on the Sunday night. We're here until midnight. Along with Brian DeBrain and JPZ. Chatting with you about things going on in the world of sports. Oh, we got a busy show for you tonight. Of course, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with the Yankees and Red Sox up in Boston, up in Boston, right? At Yankee Stadium. I've had my I've been going back and forth, but I found myself sticking with the K-Rod broadcast. Because I wanted to support our guy, Michael K. And I want to hear how A-Rod was going to be. And they've had some interesting interviews. The real interesting interview, I think, for me, was the one with Roger Clemens. That was fascinating. So, but as far as the game is concerned, Yankees are trailing 4-3, and we'll keep you updated on what's going on there. The Mets lost today 4-2. We'll hear from Buck Walter on some of the moves that he made in that contest. Listen, if you're a Mets fan, I'll take winning every series for the rest of the year. I'm good. <laughs> would it have been nice to sweep the Nationals? Of course. Of course it would have been. But we're taking series... It's all about taking serious for me, ladies and gentlemen. The Mets take a serious. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Uh, Basketball-wise, the Nets are the seventh seed, so this is going to be interesting when the play-ins begin next week. They will play on Tuesday. But we begin with the New York Knicks, who finished their season today with a win over the Toronto Raptors, a Raptors team that rested some players, as a lot of teams have done. Just look at the Milwaukee Bucks score, and you'll find out that they weren't the Raptors weren't the only team that rested some players. <laughs> All right, and as I mentioned in the soft open, the story for me has been just the the confidence that you're seeing from Obi Toppin. Forty minutes tonight, forty two points, sixteen of twenty eight from the field, six of fourteen from three, had ten rebounds couple of turnovers, not bad. Uh, and 42 points, as I mentioned, in 40 minutes. Emmanuel quickly, 34 points in 42 minutes. 12 assists, 10 rebounds, so he had a triple-double. Now, am I, ready, am I ready to say that Emmanuel quickly is my point guard going forward? No, I'm not ready to say that. Despite that he's had a triple-double, as a matter of fact, he had another triple-double, uh, I believe, last week when he, when he was performing at that point guard spot. Where, where the last game where you're getting and where he's expanding and you he's getting the experience right of playing the point guard role a little bit more so i get it am i ready to say he's the point guard no am i ready to say that he can play the point and shooting positions well if he continues to make good decisions and not give up his dribble as much as he does absolutely the Knicks still need a point guard the Knicks still need a point guard, okay? And we know this forever, ever, and the day. And that's our Twitter poll question. We haven't done one of these in a while. At Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Other than getting a point guard, because I know that's what everybody wants and everybody knows that's the major thing. Other than getting a point guard, what should the Knicks focus on this offseason? Okay, so you hit 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 us hit us up on Twitter at hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. Check out the choices and weigh in on your vote, and we'll check in on the votes in a couple of minutes and see which way we're headed. But for me, that's what I've lo- that's what I've enjoyed seeing from this from the youngsters on this Nick team. Okay, now what does the front office do? Because let's face it, last year there was excitement about the return to the playoffs for this team. And there was excitement that they would be able to hold their own against Atlanta. Dare say beat the Hawks, but at least hold their own against Atlanta. Of course, as you know, that didn't happen. All right. And so you have this year. So obviously this year you have to sit and wonder is this year the outlier or was last year the outlier? Right, which are the real Knicks? Were the real Knicks this year, where you they still need more talent, or were the real Knicks last year, where there were extenuating circumstances, no fans in the stands for most of the season, uh, Julius Randle just playing out of his mind, uh, a defense that was just impeccable and consistent. You didn't have that defense this year, and that's partially because of the fact that you brought in two offensive players. Clearly, the front office had some issues this year. The moves they made did not work. 
Fournier did not work earlier. He showed some signs after the uh, after the All Star game. So I think that probably confuses here. It either confuses the front office or if the front office intends on moving him or packaging him or whatever they're thinking of, the fact that he has performed better makes him more desirable to be traded, right? Makes him more desirable for a suitor who, if they're interested, wants him. So that's a positive in a sense. So you can, you can figure that out. The Kimball Walker situation, which was a great story, didn't turn out to be a great move. And obviously, I don't see how you bring him back. Derrick Rose missed, ended up missing the rest of the season after his injury. You signed him. Obviously, he'll be back. Is he your starting point guard? Do you do you go into the season saying, well, you know what? Listen, quickly has given us some minutes. We see that he's expanded. Uh, we noticed before the injury that Grimes gave us some good minutes, plays good defense. McBride gave us some minutes later in the season, decent defensively, can score. Do you say that, listen, we'll start Derrick Rose, bring in our, rotate our point guard, rotate our young guards, and finish with Derrick Rose at the end in the fourth quarter, where we purse out his minutes so that in the fourth quarter he's our guy. Is that what you do? Or do you, once again, try to draft a point guard that you feel that you'll be able, that can run your, your offense? Or do you try to find one and sign them, either by trade or free agency? That's obviously the major thing that you want to find out about if you're the Knicks. So those are just a couple of the things that you have to be thinking about if you're Leon Rose and World Wide West and in the Knicks front office. These are some of the things that you're thinking of. You have to because it's about improving this team because clearly you did not have enough to win this year. Clearly. It, it was You still had issues in talent. You were still... When you matched up and you saw it over and over and over again, okay, you, in the fourth quarter, they continually gave up leads. No matter what the adjustment was, no matter who the team was, they continued to do that. All right? When they got hit in the mouth in the fourth quarter where they gave up leads, they did not know how to respond. That's a major concern because you can't move forward to the playoffs if you can't figure that out. <laughs> it's very simple. That's got to be addressed. You also have a number of free agents, a number of signings. You have Mitchell Robinson. What are you doing with him? Are you going to sign him? Are you going to let somebody else sign him and not bring him back? Has Jericho Sims showed you enough that he could be a backup center if you brought in another center? By the way, Nerlens Noel is still on your roster. You signed him to a three-year deal. So he is still a center that's on your that, that's on your team. Is he your starter next year? And Jericho Sims, your backup after a lot of work in the weight room, and what are you going to do in the offseason with him, right? Uh, what are you doing? What What is going to happen with the rest of this team? What moves are you going to make? We're going to put you in the general manager's seat. Call me now. Yankees batting in the bottom of the eighth, trailing Boston by the score of four to three. We'll keep you updated on what's going on in the Bronx right now. Before we get to the calls, let's focus in on an interview that Mike Breen did with Leon Rose, president of the New York Knicks. And Mike started out with the number one question. Why didn't this team make the playoffs? I feel as though, you know, it's been a it's it's been a disappointing season from the standpoint of wins and losses. And, uh, you know, we um are going to, you know, take a good hard look at it after the season, you know, to evaluate, uh, you know, everything, everything that's going on. I think that, you know, just the first year things clicked and this year, you know, from the beginning things didn't click. We faced adversity and, uh, you know, we, we had some, had some tough stretches. Yeah, it's no question. Uh, they did have some tough stretches, but it just didn't seem... It just didn't seem like they responded the way they did last year, right? Even though they had some tough stretches too. You look at the end of the year last year when they had that West Coast swing that we all thought was going to eliminate them from the postseason, and they were 
phenomenal on that stretch. Now, yeah, they ran into some teams who gave got, got, gave a couple of the guys their night off, but still, I mean, you look at last year's team, you look at this year's team, and you look at how, you know, this team lost lost leads to teams that were not even close to who they were, not even close. So, you know, this is this was just this was not a good year. Obviously, not a good year. Leon Rose, what discussions did you have with Tom Thibodeau about this year, and what are the plans moving forward? Tibbs, you know, as far as uh, as Tibbs' performance goes, I mean, again, he's you know one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, t- obviously, none of us are happy with the results this year, um, but uh, he's a guy who you know prepares our team better than better than anybody, um, and uh, you know I feel that he's done a good job under the circumstances. Well. Okay, he's done a decent job under the circumstances. And listen, you can't kill. I know it's so easy to just jump on the head coach, right? It is. It's easy. But he did he, the question's going to be, did he do the best with the hand he was dealt? Because he wasn't really dealt a decent hand. I think the thing that's really going to have, that you really have to sit down and maybe you have to uh, clearly chastise him on was delaying, and once again, I'm going to qualify it, delaying the fact that he refused to give minutes to guys, even if it meant resting your starters and giving them a blow. That the starters every night playing 40 and 40 plus minutes, and listen, I understand that that's his reputation, but where's the adjustment to see, okay, I'm looking at this guy, the eye test. It's the same thing we say about sabermetrics in baseball, right? The guy's hitting the ball all over the park. Now, you know what? Before the season, they said we should rest him on this day. We're going to rest him on this day. I know he looks hot, but no, the eye test works along with sabermetrics, right? And the eye test should work along with what movements you have, what you're seeing. It would be hard for me to believe that an extra four or five minutes on a night when the when the players on the bench are performing well, how that hurts you, right? How that hurts you. Remember, for most of the season, the bench was playing better than the starters on this team. Julius Rose, I'm Julius Rose. Leon Rose's interview with Mike Breen on MSG before the game tonight. It continues with this question. What did you see from Mitchell Robinson this year? From Mitchell, uh, I saw Mitchell. Mitchell had a phenomenal year. He, you know, was our anchor on defense um, and uh, really took took a nice step this year, and uh, even showed us a little bit on offense. You know, I mean, especially that one through the legs, down the lane, and 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 then the dunk. Injuries have been a major theme for Mitchell Robinson. He is a free agent. Will that play into the discussions and the decisions on whether you sign him or not? Everything, everything is taken into account. You have to look at, you have to look at that. You have to look at the injury history. You have to look at, you know, all of those things and making your decision. You know, for the most part, I thought that he did a really good job this year. R.J. Barrett averaged 20 points a game this season, which was his goal. He grew up. So what's the plans for him? R.J. took a, took a great step this year, um, took a more responsibility. Uh, covered the best player on the other team on, an, on a nightly basis and um, has really elevated his game. Um, I can't really put a ceiling on where he'll go. As far as, you know, the plan and negotiations, uh, you know, I think we'll keep that private for now. All right, that, that's understood. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I would say, just me, that I'd like to see him do a little bit more next season before I'm ready to give him the extension. Just me. Just me. I have no doubt that he will improve. He's done so every year. There's been a part of his game where he has improved every year. The biggest thing he's got to improve on is seeing the floor, okay? And for me, his efficiency has got to improve. In other words, make more shots than he made to improve your shooting percentage. 45, 50%, if I can get in there as a goal, 
Obviously, you want to. You, obviously, the goal is to hit all of them. I get that, but nobody's perfect. So, for you to hit, so you to improve your percentage, your efficiency percentage when scoring, that would be major. That would be major. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll hear more from Leon Rose in a minute. Right now, let's hear from Spike in St. Pete. He's up first on the Larry Hardesty Show. Hey, Spike. Hey, Larry. Good to talk to you. Glad you got to me. Uh, I, this would be the first game of the year and all year long. I saw that Leon Rose interview. It was like mandatory. You know, where's Waldo? Uh, he said, uh, you and I are obviously on the same page. Uh, R.J. Barrett, I talked to my CCNY guy today, and he developed a lot of bad habits towards the end of the year, his efficiency. And we, uh, we, we, you know how we recap every game and mm-hmm. break down every game. The Knicks lost, by our count, 11 games with free throw shooting. Unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. R.J. Barrett was in the top whatever, top 10 or 12 in the NBA and getting to the free throw line. Can't shoot 72%. Nope. Unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. He, he has to pick his head up. I'm sure you saw that all year long. Mm-hmm. He has to pick his head up. His, his three-point shooting, he forced it too much. Now, I'll give the young man a lot of credit. His rebounds went down. All his stats went down, and I think that has something to do with the coaching. I think Thibodeau pushed him too hard. I think when when the Randall went south and had the issue with the fans, he tried to take over the team. He's 21 years old. But I'm overall happy with R.J., but he's got to work hard this offseason. Take 500 free throws a day. Run some counter stuff. Pick your head up. Keep your head up. He shouldn't get three, four assists a game. I know you agree. Absolutely. Mitchell Robinson, if you can package a deal and get rid of him and Randall and get someone really good, a wing player, I'd do it in a second. Unfortunately, with Nerlens Noel, I thought he played terrific last year. I thought he deserved an extension. He's a good backup center, but he's never available, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. Derek Rose... You said it. I love him. He's the main reason we we suffered so much because if we would have had him at the end of games this year, we wouldn't have lost so many. I know you agree with me. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to depend on him? Those knees have uh, a lot of surgeries on him. So overall, very disappointed. The development of quickly, I I, I was uh, talking on a pre-pickup that um, I don't think quickly is a point guard. I just Mm -hmm. don't think so. I, I just think he goes too much side to side. I think when he's on the floor with Deuce McBride, for some reason he never gives him the ball. Have you noticed that? Uh, I have to go back and look. I, I haven't. He never, he no. never gives him the ball. Mm. And and the other young fella, the, the, the I'm sorry, it's, it's I'm tired, but the, yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, the kid with the, the kid with the afro, uh, mm-hmm. this is the big guy. Oh, Jericho Sims. Yeah, uh, he plays hard. Tremendous effort. You got to develop something. You got to develop a little something. You know, you can't have him on the floor uh, with uh, you know uh, uh, another guy that's going to not touch the ball. You know, mm-hmm. there's not enough offense there. They dropped every major statistic. Dropped this year. It wasn't enjoyable. It was gut wrenching, especially the missed free throws. And the fourth quarters, I told you, 78% of their games when I started counting, game 20, I didn't go back to 1 through 19, 77.8% of their games, they they lost the lead and, and or either outscored or, or held, you know, didn't outscore the opposition in the fourth quarter. And you and Gordon and I and Buddha and we talked about it all year. Yep. So overall, very, very disappointed, happy that RJ made a step in terms of leadership, but he's got to pick his head up, Larry, and he's got to make the free throws. So I'll listen to the program. I'm sorry your Mets lost today. I, okay. I felt bad for okay. one reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was telling my buddy, who's a diehard Mets fan, like he's very similar to you, played at CCMY, and he said, why doesn't Smith made the play yesterday or the day before at first base? Why is he in first base? Mm-hmm. It's a mistake. Let him DH. Yeah. Do you yeah. agree? Uh, kind of. Kind of, Spike. I do. And thanks for the phone call. I kind of agree. But once again, look, I understand. I'm a weird kind of fan in a sense. Uh, 
I got as long as I have the series, I'm okay. It doesn't hurt me as much. I'm, and it's early in the year. I'm very, and the Nationals are still, I mean, they're not, they're okay. I really want to see how my team does when the competition gets picked up, when the competition gets better. And that's where I'll be able to better gauge where the Mets are this year and where they're going to be. They showed some really good signs. I was happy with Carrasco today. I'm not big on him. I don't expect a lot from him, to be honest. But he, listen, he did a decent job. He did what your number five starter is supposed to do. All right? He did a great job. Your fourth fifth starter, he was all right. I, I have no problems with him in that role. If I can get him to perform like that, uh, three out of every five outings, I'm good. That, that's a win. That's a win because I'm confident my offense will be okay. And and what Showalter's doing is Showalter's experimenting. He's looking to see what's going on. Okay, how does this guy look? I, people want Trevor May. I want Trevor May. Okay, well, you know, listen, Trevor May would have pitched, what, three days in a row or two days in a row. Maybe he didn't want Trevor May to pitch today. I don't know what the reason was. He wants to take a look at some other folks. Um, and, you know, for Dom Smith, all right, it seems like he really kind of wants to leave Cano in that, um, you know, in that DH spot. He wants to keep it open. Uh, I thought for sure that that uh, Alonzo was going to have a lot more DH than playing first base. I think as we go forward, that may still be the case. But in this time, he wanted an opportunity, and Alonzo has not played badly at first. Bad error in the eighth inning today, clearly, but he has not played badly at first. He's actually improved defensively at first base. So we'll play it out and see what happens. We have a Twitter poll question for you at Hardest to ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. Other than getting a point guard, what should the Knicks focus on this offseason? Should it be trading Julius Randle, re-signing Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett, develop the kids, or trade the kids in some picks and get some real talent in here? So what do you think they should do? You can weigh in. Uh, no, that's ping pong, not bing bong, ping pong. You can weigh in at hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Before we get back to the calls, let's hear more from Leon Rose because we haven't heard from him in a long time. This is uh, excerpts of his interview with Mike Breen on MSG. He was asked, how excited are you about what the young players have done this season? Yes, me in the beginning about the season and the disappointment and, and that part of it. And, and, you know, that's definitely there. The fact that we're not in the playoffs, you know, we wanted that was our goal. We wanted to be in the playoffs. We wanted to take a step. But, you know, I feel as though since the All-Star break, um, the team's, you know, shown some momentum and has shown some good signs. We've been 11 and 11. We've won eight out of our last 13 and the opportunities that have been given to the guys you just referred to, I mean, have been, you know, have, these guys have gotten an opportunity and taken advantage of it. And, you know, for us, that is, that's very exciting. I mean, Jericho going against starting centers, the 58th pick in the draft. Uh, Obi, the last, you know, week or so has just, you know, taken it to another level, scoring a career-high 35 last game. Um, Quentin, who, you know, had already established himself in the rotation. Deuce getting minutes uh, and doing a good job with it. Quick playing point guard and showing some great signs. And, you know, RJ, we forget RJ is only 21 years old. We have nine players on our team that are 24 years old or younger. And, um, you know, and Julius is only 27. So, you know, all those things take, you know, that we look at that like, you know, development is key. And this, this part, since this part of the season, we've seen some good development, and we just need to work and continue on and build on that. All right, so with that in mind, Rose was asked, how do you balance knowing these games don't count, but you still need to evaluate your young talent? Yeah, that's a really good question, but, you know, we, we look at it like, I mean, a lot of games have mattered because of the play-in situation and because a lot of teams have played right up until the end. I mean, when you look at who we played against and whether the games are meaningful. But um, as far as, uh, you know, we want our guys coming in and competing every night. I mean, that's one of Tibbs' mantras, and that's, you know, the way, the way we've approached it. And for these guys who really haven't gotten the opportunity all year, but we're always preparing for that opportunity to come in the way they have, you know, is certainly encouraging. It is encouraging, and 
clearly, uh, everybody wants to know, why didn't we see it earlier? Could it have turned some things? We'll never know. We can, we can because we know the uh, predetermined outcome, we can say, oh, should have put them in, should have put them in. It would have been a world of difference. I don't know that it would have been a world of difference. But I do know this. Clearly, what this team should have learned, young players, veteran players, coaches, whatever, when they go back and they look at video from this season and they look at the games that they lost, and clearly we know the foul shoot, the free throw shooting was abysmal late. There's no question about that, and that clearly needs to improve. But aside from that, just the fundamentals. And I was watching the Nets game today, and I was watching how the Pacers were trying to get the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands by double-teaming him, and he never gave up his dribble. He just kept dribbling. He moved the ball back out. He circled around. He continued to dribble. And he found an open person. And I can't think of, off the top of my head, maybe other than about two or three occasions when the Knicks would double team and they always give up their dribble. And they have no options. They got nowhere else to go. And then they're panicking. And then players don't move. And those are fundamental things that you learn from your coaches. Those are fundamental things that happen in practice that you need to know so that when you are double team or the double team approaches, that's what you have to do. You get the ball out of your hands. If you're trapped in an area, then you don't give up your dribble. You move around and you continue to dribble until you dribble yourself out of, out of harm's way. And they just didn't do that. That and the missed free throws and bad shots and rushing shots and, oh, here we go again with losing. It, it was just... Yes, a point guard will help those things, but that's fundamentals that you deal with in practices, okay? I would hope that with as many games as they lost in come-from-behind fashion to teams better and worse than them this year in the fourth quarter of double digits uh, up there with Utah for the most 20-point lost leads and losses in the league, that in the offseason, that, that's got to be worked on. That's got to be addressed. It should have been addressed, I would, like I said, practice after practice. But apparently it wasn't because it continued to happen. And yes, a point guard will handle that. Absolutely. Yes, that will help them. But other people need to understand what they have to do as well. Okay? They do. And, and they just didn't get it done. And so there's a, other than personnel, there's other things that this Nick team has got to work on in the offseason. 1-800-919-3776. Also, you can weigh in on our poll at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, uh, uh, real quick, before I get into the next thing, because it's a very interesting topic, I just wanted to say rest in peace to two souls. Uh, one who lived a good long life and one who didn't really get a chance to. You know, Jerome and Manhattan, he passed away. That kind of oh, touched me a little bit. But yeah, that was definitely. that was a voice that you heard for a long time on the airwaves. Many years, you know? many years, many years. And then also, obviously, with uh, Dwayne Haskins. Mm -hmm. I mean, horrible story. Mm -hmm. Anywhere you cut it, you know, yeah. at that age to, to pass away, it's just really tough. Um, Scary. Gil Brandt's comments on it, and uh, if I could send Will Smith to his house, I would. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, I understand. You understand? I do. But um, now, now with um, with the Knicks, you know, there's a couple of things. You know, first of all, Wally World was excellent. The post game was excellent. I thought Tibbs was actually pretty good in the uh, post game. Um, I can see that the Knicks uh, leadership is not a fan of Furman. <laughs> I think he's Definitely replaced not. Isola. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a big fan of his. But um. With the Knicks, what I see, what they could, you know, a couple of us talked about the free throws, and you spoke about that, and, and, you know, stopping the dribble and different things like that. There's a couple of things that if it was the Knicks' wish list, you know, that I would like to see them do. You know, first of all is guys have to get better at their jobs, and that's the leadership, not just the players. You know, the coach, he has, he, he, I guess he's coming along by force, by hook or by crook, but at least he's he did come along, you know, and I, and I saw him today 
doing things that I wish he would have done, like the way he hugged quickly after he took that three-pointer that he didn't need to take. You know, a different type of encouragement, a different type of, um, you know, assessment of what these young guys can and can't do. That's number one. Number two, you know, Rose and everybody spoke about it. They have to do better. And where they clearly have to do better is, um, I, like I spoke to you before, and I watched that game the other night with um, Phoenix and Utah. And I, I don't like when anybody, GM, player, coach, or whatever, when I want to get out of somewhere or when things don't work out in the playoffs and it's them. And I hear a lot of that with Donovan Mitchell. It's mm-hmm. them. You know, these guys over here. And I do, you'll do. You scored, what, one point or zero points in that fourth quarter when Devin Booker was cooking your team, you know, and when Rudy Gobert got that dunk on um, – What's the guy's name? They always was in shock in the pool. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Mm-hmm. When I saw the bench reaction, it didn't look to me like all of those players on that team hate Rudy Gobert. You know, so this always takes two to tango. And I'd be real careful about, like, giving up the house to a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Not only having it, like, where's the Carmelo thing, where's mm-hmm. Carmelo and a bunch of guys. But I'm I'm a little more lukewarm on him than everybody else. This guy's such a great, great player. And um, with the young guys, now, they need to play. And some of them are going to stay. Some of them are going to go. I mean, in, a, in an ideal world, you would like to keep quickly and topping, whether each one of them is a starter or not. You know, those are your two most explosive young players. But it's very simple. What the Knicks have to do is very, very simple. You have got to figure out how to get the right player in this draft. I don't even think trading R.J. Barrett would be good, including him for a deal for Diamond Mitchell, because then players look at stuff like that. All right, you drafted this guy. He plays well for you. You get rid of him. You panic. You know, you've got to get the player right. All these guys that everybody laments that the Knicks haven't gotten, whether it was Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, um, Halliburton last year, these guys weren't the number one picks in the draft. They were picked mm-hmm. at like eight, nine. You know, so you have to figure out how to find, because that's cheap. I'm going to say cheap labor, but but you have a draft pick, you have the money to sign them. It, it doesn't re- require matching up monies or, or big contracts. I mean, good luck trying to get rid of Julius Randle at 40. I mean, you think people are stupid. Who's the, who in the world is going to make a trade for that? And get, forget about equal value, mm-hmm. like Gordon always says. You're going to get somebody else's problem. So that's not the fix. Get Look in this draft. This draft has a lot of good players. Get the right one. And when you get them, coach, play them. This is really not that complicated to me. You make some great points, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. And, and it, it is interesting to see if that's what the philosophy is going to be going forward. Are the younger players going to be able to get some playing time? All right, what, what's going to happen there? Uh, because once again, even if you want to move them, people need to see what they can do, right? And you package them and maybe another player and some choices. If, you, if there is a player that you feel that can really help you take this team to the next level. And to be honest with you, you need more than one player right now. This team is not one player away. This team is a couple of players away. All right. They're a couple of players away. You don't have a guy. And we talked about this during the week. You don't have a guy on this team that when another team is making a run, and I'll use Steph Curry hypothetically or Kevin Durant or, you know, a, a player of that nature. Okay. You don't have a player that can respond to that player and match them basket for basket consistently. Julius Randle did it for you last year. He didn't do it for you this year. So I mean consistently. And I realize I'm talking about the elite of the elite. And that's why you see teams that have two and three players. Because you need more than one really good player to win in the NBA now. You just do. You need multiple players. You need a one, two, and sometimes a three, a third player that can help you out. So if one player is off, you got somebody else that can pick up the slack. Right? That's why, even though the Nets have struggled, even though the Nets have issues defensively, 
nobody really wants to see the Nets. Because who has players like Durant and Kyrie who can match you constantly over and up and down the court and up and down the court and up and down the court with that talent? So that's what you need. Uh, can you find one of those and coach them and build them? I mean, you've got, you've got, you heard what Leon Rose said in the interview. You've got nine guys who are in their early 20s. Right? So you've got really kind of a young roster. What are you going to do? What will it take for you to improve your roster? Keep the young players that you feel are going to help you move on from some and bring some veteran leadership in to help the young players grow. That's going to be the secret. That's going to be the secret to the Knicks. Well, I got to tell you, if you're a Yankee fan, we get to the calls in a second. You had who you wanted up at the bottom of the ninth, right? Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Joey Gallo. Deepman of the Red Sox strikes out the side. That's tough. But you took the series. So you'll be okay with it. I know you want to have that one. Obviously, you did. It's the Red Sox. It's your heated rival. I got it. But phew, that was pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. You, you want those guys up in a big spot. And Judge fought them off. The, the other, he, Deekman handled uh, Stanton and, and Gallo easily. But Judge battled. I mean, he, he fought off as hard as he could, as hard as he could. We're getting your thoughts on what the Knicks should do at 1-800-919-3776 as they move into the offseason after their last uh, game today at the Garden, which was a win over Toronto. And also we have a poll question up for you at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Other than getting a point guard, what should the Knicks focus on this offseason? Trade Randall, re-sign Mitch and RJ, develop the kids, or trade the kids and picks for a better player. All right, we'll give you an update on what you guys have voted on in the second. Right now, let's go back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Jan is in Yonkers. Hey, Jan, you're next on 98.7. Hi, how are you doing? Love your show. Thanks, Jan. I'm going to really miss the Knicks not being in the postseason. I'm really, really sad, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we we just didn't make it, but um, I like the young kids. I don't want to see any of them go. Um, now here's the thing, though: Julius Randle's a very good player, but his attitude it doesn't sit well to me, in my opinion. I don't think it sits well with the team. So I'm wondering if they could trade him for Donovan Mitchell. And take care, and thank you for taking my call. All right, Jan, thanks for the phone call. Uh, it's interesting. I know Jonathan Donovan Mitchell has become the flavor of the month <laughs> for Nick fans, all right, uh, because of the situation going on in Utah. And he has hinted that he's unhappy. And we know that there, and there's been several reports that I've read out of Utah that indicate that he and uh, Rudy Gobert are not exactly the best of friends. Which doesn't mean a thing because when you win, you can you don't get along with everybody on your team. If you think every if you think everybody on every team gets along, you are sadly mistaken. That is not that is not how it goes at all. There are plenty of players who do not get along with each other. Okay, but they put but they play they play together, they win together, and they just exist. I mean, I think Buddha made some salient points. Uh, as far as some of the things that you look for with Donovan Mitchell, there's a ten, there's a tendency for him to take it, to exclude himself in some of the quotes and some of the things that are coming out of Utah about him. Clearly, this Utah team has underachieved. They should have gone farther in the playoffs over the past couple of years, and they just resigned. They just signed Donovan Mitchell to a nice contract. So. Now, the question would be from Utah's standpoint, what does Julius Randle bring to them that Donovan Mitchell doesn't bring to them? In other words, can he, being Julius Randle, can he make take them to that next level? 
because he is, you saw how he played with the Knicks. Can he be that guy? And who now becomes the number, is he the number two guy? With him there, does that mean Rudy Gobert gets more shots at the basket? Because that was one of the things that Rudy Gobert was complaining about, was the fact that he doesn't get enough, there's not enough offense that runs through him. He doesn't get enough shots. Does Julius Randle make that happen? I mean, from a Knicks standpoint, you would obviously want to try to get a deal done because you realize that you have to improve your team. But once again, it's got to be the right fit. And I'm not sure how aggressive, okay, I'm not sure how aggressive this Knicks team, this front office is going to be considering how aggressive they were this year, tried to be, did not get the top players that they wanted, settled for some other players, and the results weren't what they expected, right? That was one of the things that Mike Breen spoke to Leon Rose about at MSG. And the question was, are you sticking to a blueprint that you have in the offseason? Do you have one? We have to stick to the plan. We have to take it one step, build one block at a time, be patient. We feel like we're set up, you know, really well as far as like we've got 13 draft picks over the next three drafts, uh, four first-round picks. And uh, with regard to opportunities that may come along, we feel like we're very flexible and able to do that. But again, we want to show patience. We want to show prudence you know, in making those decisions and continuing to develop what we have. All right, so how do you balance patience but yet win? Right? Because... All right, if you made the playoffs this year, you could have patience because you're continuing. You've got now back-to-back years where you made the postseason. Okay, so that's a little different. Now you weren't even close to the playoffs this year. Yes, you played better after the All-Star break, but, you know, the season was pretty well done by then because you had blown so many games. And, yeah, you had some injuries and COVID, like Tom Thibodeau mentioned in his postgame, but still. Other teams had that too and were still able to survive. So because of the fact that you missed the playoffs, isn't there extra pressure on you trying to get something done so that you can return to the playoffs next year? So how do you mix that patience with the idea of, okay, we have young players, we've seen them, they've shown us some things, but you got to win. And has Grimes showed you enough? Has McBride showed you enough? Has Toppin showed you enough that you can say, okay, has Sims sold you enough that you can say, okay, these guys can help us win? That's going to be the major question. All right? That's the major question. So with all this chilly weather today and over the weekend we had all this rain, I thought I would take you guys out to the Caribbean. A little sun, blue water, Great beaches. So when we're back and brought up a little uh, Calypso music for you, get you in the mood for a little summer sunshine. It's the Larry Hardesty Show till midnight here on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Our poll question tonight, summoning the Knicks. Other than getting a point guard, what should the Knicks focus on this season? 62.5% of you say trade Julius Randle. 175 say develop the kids. 16% say re-sign Mitch and RJ, and 4% say trade the kids and picks to try to get better players. You still have time to weigh in at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. And uh, at Re-Ray Jr. says they have a point guard. Well, the reason why we phrased it that way is because we have talked so much about the Knicks and needing a point guard that I knew if we put that in the poll question, everybody would say, get a point guard. <laughs> okay, Get a point guard. We know that. We got that. So that's why we, we said other than a point guard. Uh, I'm not, once again, I said it in the open. Emmanuel quickly has shown you some signs of being able to handle and run the offense. I'm not comfortable yet. And listen, he's got plenty of time to improve. He's a young player. This is only his second year. He can get better. He can work on it. But right now, at this moment, 
am I ready to turn the offense over to him and say he's my point guard? No, I'm not. It's just as an outside observer. Has he shown some signs? Yes. Did he improve? Yes. I, I agree with Spike. He tends to go side to side a little much for me. I'd rather he set up and go hard to the basket, but you know, he'll that's something he's got to work on. And he will improve that. And the thing, and listen, triple-double tonight, triple-double the last game that he performed in. And here's the thing that you like is that he's being more aggressive and he's he's now able to pick his spots as to when to score and when to pass. And that's the big, that's the big thing. Okay, that's the big decision that you have to make there. All right, that's what, and that's the growth that you're seeing. That's why you got to play. Okay, we can, we can practice it. But you don't you don't have the same type players, right? You're practicing against your own team. It's different. It's not the same caliber of player. There's, there's nobody on your team that's Steph Curry. There's nobody on your team that's Kyrie Irving. There's nobody on your team that's uh, of the elite, some of the elite point guards in, in the league. All right? There's nobody on your team like that. So even though you practice and you bring the ball up against your teammate, and they're playing you as tough as tough defensively as they can, it's not the same. So how can you expect for for when you play and you go out there and you see, you know, what's happening, and you're like, well, you know, in practice, we didn't see that. Well, well worked in practice. Yeah, because you don't have you're not practicing against the same players you're playing against. <laughs> it's very simple. Tom's in the big apple. Hey Tom, you're next on 987. Right. Hi, Larry. Um, I want to uh, put my vote in for getting, um, keeping RJ. If you're okay. the Knicks, I think they. Uh, I think you said you you rather see one more year out of him. As far as signing the extension, yes. Yeah, another year out of him. Mm-hmm. That that might be uh, might be good. But I also wanted to get your idea of who you, who do you think right now is the best to win the NBA Finals out of all the teams in there right now. Tom, thanks for the phone call. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I th- uh, Milwaukee still, I think, has a great shot. Um, I would have said Golden State. I don't know what's going on with Steph Curry, how available he's going to be. I would say Brooklyn has a tremendous shot. If I had an idea of when Russell's uh, – uh, when um, Simmons was coming back. Um, I, I would say uh, those those teams out West. Listen, Phoenix has played well, man. Phoenix looks good. Okay, Phoenix looks good. If CP3 can stay healthy. <laughs> so there's, there's about four really good, there's about four or five teams that I think... And they're not ready to, I'm not saying they're going to come out of the West, but I am very curious to see how the Pelicans, not of how the Grizzlies do. I said the Pelicans, how the Grizzlies are going to do. Because I'm John John Morant now at this stage, and you see he's improving, starting to get comfortable. Uh, His team, and and here's the scary thing, his team wins whether he plays or not. (laughs) So that shows you the depth of that franchise and what they're doing. So, uh, no, those that's that's where um, that's where I'm looking. I think I think all those folks have have great opportunities. I am uh, you know really curious. Denver, you know, with Jokic, they still have a shot, of course. So there's a, there's a couple of teams. It, it's it's wide open. It's wide open. And if and if the Nets can find a way to do to to get Seth Curry healthy. They can find a way to just tighten up defensively, not become a deep. I'm not, they don't have to be a defensive. They don't have to be the top team in defense in the league, but if they can tighten up defensively, I mean, who's going to stop Kyrie and Durant? Oh, it's there. I mean, you've got two, you've got two of the most efficient scorers in the game. In Durant and Irving. They're smart. They can hit from anywhere on the floor. They've got great handle. 
They can get to anywhere on the floor they want to go. They're shot makers. And you got it. And if you double team them, they got no problem giving the ball up and finding somebody else. The only question is, once again, against the better teams, are they going to be able to play enough defense where they don't have to put so much pressure on their offense to outscore people? That's going to be the thing. And go ahead. Go ahead, Buddha. You're asking me why not Philly? I'm just, I'm just, I'm not sure about them. I'm just not sure about Philly here. And I thought they would, I thought their adjustment would be a little better once they got hardened there with Embiid. But until they find a way consistently, and maybe they'll be able to, where they can get Harris involved easier as that number three scorer where they can find easier shots for him. It's going to be a struggle. I like thigh ball. I like the guys off their bench. I do, but I just, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about them. I really am. I'm concerned about what they'll be able to do. They're going to rely on a lot of Embiid and a lot of Harden. And I don't know if that's going to work. Okay, I don't know. They need a third score from somewhere. And they're going to need a lot from their bench. If they don't get Harris rolling, there's more pressure on the bench. And the bench now is missing that three-point score because Curry is in Brooklyn. And Drummond... You see what he does. Now, he, he he's a positive for the Nets. Okay, he brings that physical nature that they were missing up front last year. So, once again, if they can just find a way to do something defensively, that's going to be tough, man. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.